Happy New Year, everybody out there. This is Episode 9, 2013 Roundup. I am Dr. Christopher Fasano. He is Dr. Yosef Gannett, and we are back 2014 style with the Stem Cell Podcast. Yosef, my man, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How was it for you? It was actually kind of calm. I had a... We got a, a stomach virus ripped through our household over the holidays, so I didn't really... I've been uh, I just been kind of marinating on my couch, trying to get better a little bit with the kid, trying not to get him sick. Yeah, but uh, family was around. We had a we had a good time. You, what'd you do? You hang out with the fam? Uh, just kind <clears> of <throat> hung out with friends and watched the ball drop and did the usual standard American twenty, you know, wrapping yeah, up the I know. year I know. sort of thing. But um, I'm really excited. It's 2014. I'm 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 happy that. You know, listen. Here. Everyone likes a, everyone likes a reset button. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that. You know, January first, you can reset. You, you make your little resolutions, and you get your stuff straight. You put your stuff in order, and you got like a reset. So it's reset to 2014. Are you doing do any resolutions? What's your resolution? What is my resolution? Um, I was telling I was telling my wife one of my resolutions is to become more of a doer. You know, there's a lot. I got a lot of ideas. And I want to make sure I start to see them through a bit more. Um, you know, no one likes the guy who's like, oh, yeah, I got to paint the room. Oh, yeah, I got to put the thing up and then never does it. So I'm going to try to actually get some stuff done. So you don't want to lose any weight or anything? You're not a... <laughs> nah, I'm straight with the weight, man. I feel... I used to... I, when I, I work out at home now, when I used to go to the gym, this is the busiest time of, like, ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, oh, I'm going to the gym. They're all there. You could tell because they got like the wristbands on, you know, they got the fresh new gear and I'm yeah. like, there, it's over in a couple months. Yeah. I'm, I, I, mine is a little less, uh, I guess it's more concrete. It's not really a become a doer type of object, but it's gonna, it's, it's my resolution is to uh, no longer do any shopping online. Oh, so see, that's like a serious, like, you know, I'm not going to drink milk anymore type thing. Yeah, I see what that's kind of like the, you know, that's why it. what what's up? What's up with the online shopping? I don't know. I think I was getting to like I was getting emails. Oh, I could save 80 percent here. So I got to buy now. So I'm I'm cutting that out. I'm just I, I unsubscribe from all the email list and it's going to be me walking into a store and trying it on or not. <laughs> so. That's not here. That resolution. plus you saw what happened with Target, right? Where they had millions of people get their credit card numbers hacked <laughs> yeah. into or something. Yeah, Target's really screwed. They just had some more bad news too. So, but this is a science anyway. podcast. <laughs> um, good to hear from you again. Uh, I haven't seen you since last year. I know, and so Joseph and I are recording this actually on January first, twenty fourteen. So we we are in the first day of the new year. So we're gonna. We thought, you know. The holiday season has been tough to get guests on because everybody's traveling and busy and, you know, so as were we, I'm sure everyone out there is. So we wanted to put something on. What we're going to do tonight, we said it's the 2013 Roundup. We're going to go back in science for the year. We're just going to uh, talk about, right, Yo, some of the some of the, the coolest or the hottest, or the most significant breakthroughs. We'll get, and then we'll get into some stem cell papers that I liked and what I find that I thought was interesting. And then we'll uh, frame up 2014, right? I think yeah. that's what we got yeah, going this is, down. This is sort of like teeing it up for 2014. So uh, we had a little break last time, and this is uh, usually we like to interview people, but this time uh, we just couldn't. So, but we also want to keep the science roundup going, keep you informed, uh, stuff that's you know hot new papers. So uh, we just couldn't help but record. <laughs> Uh, so and and for everybody out so this has been really awesome we've got a lot of a lot of listeners so thank you and we really would like to be interactive we so you know please let us know what you want to hear you know ask us questions you can direct some of the topics you can suggest interviews whatever you got uh we're at stem cell podcast at gmail.com and at stem cell podcast on twitter we got a facebook up there you can like it and follow it there so a lot we of also different have places. Uh, the itunes uh don't forget to leave feedback there as well that helps us really get exposed through uh the itunes uh, platform and we're also on stitcher now too right yeah, we're up on Stitcher. So for everyone out there who's said to me, I'm such an Apple guy, man. I feel so bad because people are like, what if I don't have it? Like, well, where I can't yeah, get it. I'm like, Stitcher, oh. Stitcher to me is like Linux or Linux. <laughs> Linux. You know, it's like, what what, what are you? <laughs> I'm like, sure, Stitcher. Yeah, it's cool. So we're there now. You can yeah. find us. And in the new year, Yos, I think we're going to start to, uh, we're going to try to build a, a website pretty soon. So a little more interactive. You guys can, we could put some papers up and put some stuff. We'll get a little more interactive. Um, 
Um, one thing before we start, Yos, I, I want to just let this be known to everybody out there. Um, last year, I had a stem cell conference. I started a conference in Saratoga. Yos was there, right, Yos? Mm-hmm. And um, it was it, the, the, the idea was to kind of make it a smaller meeting uh, focused on uh, featuring more younger investigators, try to give it a more younger feel. And uh, it was in Saratoga in May, uh, and I thought it was awesome. I mean, I got a lot of good feedback, right? You had, I had a, a good great time? time, yeah. It was, I, I liked how small it was. Yeah, yeah, we had some really, really awesome talks, some cool stuff. So I'm happy to announce that we're going to be doing it again this summer uh, in Saratoga, New York. Again, it'll be May 7th and 8th for everyone out there. So mark your calendars. It's a, it's a lot of fun, good food, good people, good talks. And I'll fill you in more details, everybody in Yos, uh, but we should, registration should be open in about a month or so. So I, I just I wanted really to get that like, out I here, had to say, uh, I really like Saratoga. That place was- beautiful, right? Yeah. It seemed like a great place it's, to go it's visit. It's so quaint, general. you know? Yeah. Like, you just want to sup, sip your coffee out there. Quaint is the word. Yeah, and it's they, in one of those, like, really picturesque towns. So, and we, and we, we found that good man. fried chicken place. Remember that? Quaint. <laughs> the, quaint. Remember the, the, the fried chicken place we found? Oh, Hattie's Fried yes, Chicken in Saratoga. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, now I'm going to be starving. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go, everybody. So Yos uh, will kick it off, and to start the 2014, he will kick it off with some stem cell uh, recap. I mean, the regular recap, the regular no, global it, yes, science the recap. science roundup. Here we go. Uh, so now, since it's, you know, getting to be winter, I just had to, I couldn't resist, but uh, scientists at Cardiff University, uh, Ron Eccles group, uh, showed that by gargling with aspirin, you can relieve sore throat. Just two, not swallowing it, just uh, taking two aspirin and putting in some water and gargling. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So if you have a sore throat out there, you may want to try that. Um, there was a study in translational psychiatry showing that DDC uh, gene, which is the netrin receptor, um, it, that... that um, they basically looked at people who are suicidal versus not, and that uh, people uh, who are suicidal had a 40% increase in DDC uh, or Netrin receptor gene in the prefrontal cortex. So it's pretty I love, interesting. I love me some Netrin. You know, yeah, Netrin, Netrin's been around for a while. So Netrin's what? Like it's like a secreted protein that will things get attracted to, right? Yeah, it's a neurotrophin. Neurotrophin. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, probably sure. the best description for it. Yeah. Um, so it's an attractive uh, uh, molecule, essentially. Um, so moving on, uh, there was a science article showing uh, they did a bunch of sequencing. This is like one of those like family trees, phylogy, and animal yeah, kingdom. Like Remember all things. that? Yeah. So they found that th- uh, through sequencing that setenophores or I don't know why they spell any words C-T-E-N-C-T. How do you pronounce that? Satenophores? Satenophores, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Comb jellies. Comb jellies. Yeah, they're basically comb jellies. um, Are the most primitive member of the animal family. They are the first animal, essentially. Comb jellies, yes. Are the first, the most primitive, primitive animal. Uh, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. The... So it came down to Satenophore. I think they need to remake that name. We call it like, I don't know. Satenophore? Yeah. Saten? <laughs> Anyhow. So I thought that was interesting. Another science article um, on uh, this was involving dyslexics, which I'm always um, interested in because uh, my brother actually has dyslexia. And. Um, they were showing that uh, they did a bunch of fMRIs and uh, showed that it's the phonetics and speech um, they're um, connected with decreased connectivity between the superior temporal regions and the left inferior frontal regions. So basically showing, if you want to look into it, I can't really describe the ins and outs of it, but that the phonetics and, uh, 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 and speech are uh, related to this decrease um how how dyslexics process it are related to decreased connectivity between those two regions. So that's in science. You can so check there that so out. there is some sort of difference in the connectivity, yes. the wiring. Yes, and that involves the processing of phonetics and speech. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that makes sense, obviously, right? Yeah, but I always th- thought of it more of as a visual, not a not a 
you know, like that, like you're, that you see as a B as a representing are wrong are different. Yeah, yeah, like you see a B as a D, or you know, but there's also, I guess, uh, some phonetic or you know, speech aspect to it as well. So that was interesting. Um, there was also yo, sorry, yo, yeah. st- sorry, to interrupt. But are there like like are there ver- is there spectrums of dyslexia? In other words, like can you be much more uh, severe, like or or is pretty much everyone who has it has a very similar kind of like, sh- educational or reading deficit or something? I'm sure it is, but I mean, Malcolm Gladwell has written a lot about this. Like dyslexics are really special people. They tend to be overrepresented as CEOs in major corporations. They're really Good. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they there's sort of this compensation mechanism that uh, they may have, or they're just naturally better at um, you know leading and uh, right. heading up organizations, which um, is crazy. That's cool. Like kind of cool if you can kind of look into that and see, figure that out, or something. Yeah, like I mean, that. there's also like I've heard like things like ADHD today, like would have been advantageous in the wild when we were hunters and gatherers. You want that ADD guy out there to see the tiger you know before anybody else to be distracted by the sounds and all that so you never know how like modern day society uh creates you know oh now there's dyslexics whereas before not everybody was reading and you know uh passing down knowledge and heading up major corporations so yeah in modern society as opposed to like i don't know i find that stuff interesting so um so PNAS, our favorite journal. PNAS. Yes, PNAS study showing um, that pharmacoperones, these are chaperones, pharmacochaperones, essentially, that uh, these are uh, proteins that can fix misfold. They showed in this one study that uh, these pharmacoperones can fix misfolded gonadotropin releasing hormone receptor. So, Expect to see more of pharmacoperones. <laughs> they got pharmacoperones. Yeah, that's I can't even say that. Say yeah, it's like alcoponerones. <laughs> it's pharmacoperones. <laughs> yeah, anyhow, so that expect maybe to see some more from. It took them a while to develop this technology too. I think it was like ten years in the making. Wow. So that came out in PNAS. Um, quick shout out to a couple of uh, CRISPR studies. Uh, the two st- uh, cells, stem cell studies. Uh, you're quite familiar with that journal. Um, showing uh, from Hans Clever- Clever's lab or Cleaver's lab. Sorry. Hans Cleaver, yeah, Hans yeah, Cleaver. yeah, Cleaver. Um, showing that he had repaired CFTR, the um, yeah, yeah, the gene. We talked about that before. Yeah, um, we did. That was cystic fibrosis. fibrosis. I thought that was a really cool thing too, Yos, because uh, they were able to like just re. Correct it right, and then restore the function back, the mutation. Yeah, and then uh, another study in cell stem cell uh, cell stem cell also showed that uh, from a Chinese group that they were able to use the same gene repair technology that is CRISPR, as we call it. Um, basically, going in the genome and replacing or. Um, faulty genes essentially uh they did it with cataracts as well so um i i i'm this may this may make my top 10 list of discoveries in terms of just in general crispr is it seems to be coming online and uh i wish i could report one specific study but there's so many things that you could use crispr for yeah, CRISPR is is will definitely be on my top ten. It is it is it's been you know, there's a history to CRISPR. Uh, we should we can actually you know it'd be good to get someone who really understands CRISPR on and explain it really in detail and yeah, talk, talk about, about that be, guide yeah. RNA and the Cas9 and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah we need so that. we'll 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 do that. So yeah, man, I'm with you. CRISPR is where it's at. Yeah, because uh, previously it was zinc finger nucleases were the whole hot stuff, and Sangamo had a whole technology based on that, and now it's then it moved to talons and now it seems like crispr is the way so um gene editing it's it's uh it's here um it is here yeah uh so expect to see more than 2014 um there was a report that stem cell research uh uh that the field of stem cells is growing twice as fast as um other fields so uh expect to see a lot more people at ISSC. that's wild yeah um, you know what's awesome man to think about if you think about this you know we're we're in the middle of that you know we're we're right there 
Yeah. You know, we're we're gonna see it. We're gonna see it unfold for the next few uh, decades. And it, right now, it's at a crazy growth. That's that's wild. I'm that's awesome. That's yeah. great. I mean, yeah. Why not? I mean, human stem cells—they're not even that old. Um, no. So it's what no. fifteen years. It, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was a cell study from Harvard showing um, that. Uh, they could reverse aging essentially using um, this was in the journal Cell, uh, Harvard group showing that nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide can reverse aging. Uh, so, uh, really, yeah, nicotinamide adenine di- or NAD. NAD, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I thought that was interesting and worth mentioning. There was a stem cells uh, paper showing that one seven B can activate hair growth, um, and that low BMP and high went levels equals more hair growth. So again, the whole <laughs> went story and hair growth, and I'm just waiting for that. You know, went cream. Uh, yeah, you just rub, you just some rub it on your head. Your bald scalp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the billion, I mean, maybe more than a billion dollar pill. That's that's the real product right there because there are a bunch of men who will pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, to have that full head on. of hair back. A um, uh, couple more studies. There was a Nature uh, study showing that, uh, that an off-market epilepsy drug can stop HIV infection by causing CD4 cells to die. I thought that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, they came out in Nature recently. There was a cell study uh, showing that feeding mice beneficial bacteria, uh, you know me and the gut bacteria. Yeah, uh, man, all about that gut. Yeah, can uh, basically stave off autis- autism-like behavior in their mouse model. They had a crazy mouse model where they like inject uh, a virus-like compound, something that would... Uh, create like a viral infection situation in pregnant mice and this causes the mice to be like really antisocial and have autistic like behavior and they showed that they have increased they have um, a decrease in this type of bacteria and also another um, protein uh, molecule uh, called uh, 4EPS levels that were 46 times higher in the autism mice than in the control group. Damn, that's high. Yeah. Um, And then when they injected this 4-EPS into wild-type mice, uh, it's this chemical um, that they found in the blood of the uh, autism-like mice that if they do that, if they inject this 4-EPS into wild-type mice, uh, they start uh, doing these obsessively repeating uh, behaviors and squeaking differently when they greet other mice. So it's like, you know, trying to model something like autism in mice is not easy. But um, I thought this model was interesting in the fact that uh, there was some bacterial... uh, The name of the bacteria is called Bacteriodes... Bacteriodes fragilis. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's one of the best names ever. Yeah. B fragilis is B fragilis. Sure. Yes, yes. So um, I thought that was interesting. Um, and that was in Nature. No, that was in Cell. Um, another. This is on a sort of on a down note, but it's been projected that eleven hundred fewer studies will be uh, funded because of the sequester. And we did a podcast in the middle of that. And yeah, that's, that's how great. how upsetting is that? <laughs> I mean, so then it's such a it's so and it's stupid over something they, stupid like giving poor people health care. Like, come on, guys! Like, yeah, seriously, it's, it's, I know. Uh, um, that's a, wow. That's that's a that's a big number, man. Yeah, uh, eleven hundred is a lot. Yeah, jeez. Um, there was a study showing that uh, knee meniscus surgery. Uh, versus mock surgery that may not be helpful showing that like a bunch of people you know basically a mm. torn acl you need surgery but a lot mm. of people have this what is now looking like unnecessary uh knee meniscus surgery and just uh one last study um that i have to mention a nature study showing that mexican americans and latinos they uh they basically uh sequence over eight thousand in individuals and showed that they had twice the risk of developing type 2 diabetes and this is due to an SLC16A11 gene variant which is uh possibly coming from Neanderthals. 
So Mexican Americans are essentially the headline is, you know, did they get it from the Neanderthals, like this increased risk of developing wow. diabetes? But uh, it was an interesting study showing uh, that this gene, the SLC, that's a sodium channel probably. There's a bunch of yeah. SLC genes. Um, but that this gene variant uh, possibly came from Neanderthals. And uh, they could basically blame it on their genome, their ancestry. Um, blame it on the genome. Yeah. So, um Given that, I, I think I'll just round up the science roundup for 2013, and uh, that'll be the last one. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was a really good year in science. I thought there were some really interesting things, um, definitely in the stem cell world, but in the general field of science. So, let me hear your uh, your ten that you got there. Yeah, I got a I got a quick top ten. Um, this is a general one, not a. It does have some stem cell ones because we're obviously biased here, but. Um, there, I would say, okay, scientists from Japan, uh, Yokohama City University, showed that they can make liver buds from IPS cells. I think you mentioned that study. Yep. Uh, there was a sleep study in science uh, showing what happens in the brain when you go to sleep. And uh, the basically, the brain doesn't have a lymphatic system like the rest of the body's trash-taking-out system. Um, so it, it basically uses cerebral spinal fluid and they were able to show that the brain sort of creates these caves, uh, that allows fluid to flush out through the CSF, cerebral spinal fluid and go down the spinal column. And it's been dubbed the glymphatic system. So I thought that was, uh, wow. yeah. And, uh, that's a big deal, uh, taking out the garbage, especially in the brain. Yeah, it so, is. Um, yeah, which is why I went to lab today. Got to <laughs> Change those cells. Got to flush the toilet. Yep, exactly. Uh, JCI study, um, Journal of Clinical Investigation. I published in there. I like that journal. Um, journal. Yes. uh, Study showing that stress and uh, showing the effects of stress on prostate cancer in mice. And um, basically, they took prostate cancer and put in mice and then treated them with these anti-prostate cancer drugs. And they showed that the mice that were highly stressed, uh, the drugs didn't work as well. And um, they they did another uh, model with uh, cancer, but basically showing that stress really affects the growth of cancer cells. And they uh, showed that it was due to um, the epinephrine pathway. So I thought that was a pretty big study showing the effects of stress yeah. on cancer. Um, there was our our interview with uh, uh, Noblik. Number four would be oh, uh, yeah, the mini brains. Noblik. Yeah, the yeah. mini brains. Madeline Lancaster. I actually saw her give a good talk over at Rockefeller uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she gave a talk when I was in California. It was a pretty good talk. Very yeah, good. Yeah, totally. So that's my number four number five i would have to say would be this got no fanfare and it's really unfortunate but uh dr matalipov over at oregon um he made the first scnt line the somatic cell nuclear transfer yep. for human cells this would have been huge news ago uh years ago if uh you know that whole thing with um the, the fake paper, essentially, by Wu Suk Wang, uh, claiming that he had done this originally when, in actuality, he faked a lot of data, but did actually make the first human parthenogenic line, but he never cloned the first human line. And that was done, essentially, and then a few years later, IPS cells came, which was sort of like cloning... <laughs> But not really, you know, yeah, that, that used, that used viral genetic factors, whereas SCNT just uses an enucleated egg. And, you know, for years, people have been trying to do this. This was the goal of, uh, you know, making new stem cell lines. And this guy finally does it, and it gets no, no fanfare. It, you know what? That is my number one, and that is my uh, when I when I get to my thing. But that is the for me the 2013. That was it. That was the biggest thing for me because that is a huge thing, and it's a huge thing in the stem cell field. Um, regardless of the state of where reprogramming is, that achievement in itself is a big time achievement. Um, I'll tell a little bit more about what it actually is in a little detail. But the crazy thing, Yos, was that I think it was caffeine. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the best that, part. That that was the missing piece that yeah. allowed them to get to it. You know, I saw him also at Rockefeller give a talk, and I asked him, 
how'd you come up with that? And he didn't give me a clear cut answer. I, it was kind of interesting. Like who would think to throw caffeine at it? But he also Unless it was like some sort of drug screen, you know, and that's one. He of the did hits. say that the the age of the eggs does matter immensely, though. He also said that was a major factor as well. The the age of the yeah, egg, I'm sure the, yeah. the donor eggs that they enucleated was a big thing. He was like, you know, he actually got a laugh in the audience. He was like over thirty. And all the women in the audience who were over 30 were like, oh, gosh, <laughs> he didn't want those old eggs, quote, unquote. Um, another, so number six in my top 10 would be the discovery of the Higgs boson um, over at the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, there was evidence in 2012, but they really nailed it down in 2013. So um, that basically justifies or verifies the standard model in physics and um which pretty much explains everything that's not in the quantum world (laughs) i mean i don't know how else to describe it but it's pretty uh pretty big deal um and for number six is this this will be nope number seven this will be the oldest genome sequence uh they, so, the oldest genome sequence. Yes, uh, a 700,000-year-old horse that what? they sequenced. And they also did a 400,000-year-old bear. And then they did some, like, uh, the mitochondrial DNA sequencing from that cave um, in Spain, which may have some Denisovan uh, DNA, but they haven't gotten to the nuclear DNA yet. So I'm not going to quite mention that, but we sequence the 700,000 year old horse what do you think that horse looked like think it looked like a regular horse that you're thinking of or you think it was some crazy type of horse i mean yeah i was probably huge had like a saber tooth <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. um uh let's see here number eight voyager voyager going interstellar i thought that was cool you yeah, know definitely the, cool. the cloud of the sun our our sun's sphere of influence it's the first made man-made object to leave our sun's sphere of influence you know and when you hear the cosmic background just go silent and then that thing has just left the building (laughs) you know voyager has definitely left the solar system uh and that happened this year um so let me let me ask you let me ask you this if someone said if somebody said to you you can go to space i'm offering you this opportunity to go to space no questions asked. You can go and come back. Would you go? I mean, I've thought about this. Would you, you do know, it? You I, know, I read somewhere, I think it's like 20,000 people have signed up for the one-way trip to Mars. Are you serious? Yeah. People want to go to Mars or they're just like depressed and don't want to live anymore. They're ready to go on that one-way trip to Mars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I personally wouldn't. I maybe go to the moon, but... <laughs> that better be a really good virgin airplane <laughs> i don't think i'm going to the moon anytime soon that's, yeah. that's right yeah. anyway um, but yeah we went interstellar that that that's pretty pretty cool pretty big deal uh first man-made object to go outside uh the solar system uh number nine ground state jacob Hanna. i'm presenting this paper ground state. Uh, next week so i'll say more about it possibly in the future but we interviewed jacob Hanna. Um, and his previous, uh, nature paper was on the MBD gene, right? The, uh, reprogramming and yep. increasing breaks. the efficiency. Yeah. Taking off the brakes of reprogramming. And, uh, that was a big deal as well, but, uh, achieving the ground state, which we've talked about before, uh, with human embryonic stem cells is a big deal. Cause we always thought we were sort of one step after the ground state. So these are possibly the most STEMI of yep. the stem cells. Uh, so that's a big deal. And then finally, number 10, I will shamelessly plug the paper that I'm on, which is the age neurons in a dish. I think um, in terms of drug discovery, we're just going to have to make old neurons in a dish and um, or just any cell type uh, to mimic uh basically you know the disease phenotype um so i think that's going to be a big deal in the future and um we'll see how that plans out but 
uh, making aged anything in a dish is going to be a big deal in the future. And this uh, way of doing it using progeria, that sort of rare genetic disorder, to do it uh, was, was I mean, our, not only our group, but other groups have shown that uh, you can do this. So um, I expect to see more from that in the future, especially when it comes to drug screens. Um, no, definitely, man. That that was awesome. It's on my it's on my little favorite here too because, um, you know, ex- like exactly what you said. You can we just start to be able to make the cells we want. They're just gonna have to be in the right stage, the right time, the right age. Um, and so that really was one of the and if not the the first proof of concept that you can you can do that. You can you can get it to be older. And still be viable, you know, in terms of the biology. So, and yeah, I mean, in terms of Parkinson's, we and it wasn't just our group. uh, Many other groups, we had lines, uh, stem cell lines from patients. We had IPS lines um, from patients that had known genetic causes of the disease, and yet we weren't seeing the disease phenotype. And then finally, we add this gene, and we see a clear phenotype in vivo. Um, so I, th- I expect to see more of this in the future with not just Parkinson's, but uh, who knows, Alzheimer's disease, any sort of drug screens. Right now, we can't just throw 10,000 chemicals at a human and say, oh, are you feeling better? But we could take their skin, turn it into stem cells, make a right. whole bunch of neurons, and test uh what saves neurons from dying uh, by aging them and maybe adding some toxins? But we have to be able to model diseases in a dish to do these mass drug screens and, you know, save some drug companies some money, too, because yep. clinical trials are really, really expensive. Really, so, really expensive. Yes. And a high throughput screen, not so much, uh, relatively speaking, of course. So that's it. I'm done talking, man. I, I did my bit. Dude, that was, uh, I'm, that was I'm just lot. thinking, you know, I'm thinking about all of those things you said, you know, and happening in a year, but that's just the way science is right now, man. I just feel like things are happening, you know, technology's getting better We're we're, you know, we're able to do things that we never thought we'd able to do and we do them rapidly now and quick. So I'm really excited to be, to be in it. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm really excited about this gene editing stuff though. I mean, that's always when you talk about something like Batten's disease or Huntington's or Tay-Sachs or all these, you know, known genetic causes that we could potentially repair. Uh, it's never been possible before, and it's it's looking like it's 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 coming to the horizon. So, so I'm really excited about that gene editing technology. You know what I want to do? What I want to well, at the meeting in Saratoga this year. I have a, a session. I want to do is pick gene editing or CRISPR and have somebody come who's doing it a lot and knows a lot about it to, to tell people, you know, the what, what you need to do if you want to implement it. Because I think a lot of people sometimes get a little hesitant and nervous to, to do something like that, you know, like they're not going to be able to do it. I know I always think like that, like, oh, it's too complicated for me. And then you talk to someone, it's really not that. You can do it. So yeah. I'm excited to start using it myself. Yeah. Um, I'm using right, man. a CRISPR line uh, right now. So, yeah, it definitely works. So, CRISPR. I'm CRISPR, using CRISPR. It. Yeah, CRISPR it is. Um, so listen, before I go into this uh, stem cell stuff here, I'm just gonna. I, what I'm gonna do is just go through some of what I think are my favorite papers. It's impossible to do. There's so many good papers, but I just highlighted. I'm not gonna talk anything new because nothing really tremendously new has really hit out in specific in the stem cell world. Uh, real quick, uh, Yos. You know what? Let me hold that to the end. We'll start here. So there's 15,000 publications this year. Uh, when I search PubMed for stem cells, 15,000. Um, that's a lot. 2009, there were 10,000. So you can see kind of where we're at. And when was IPS cells? When were the human IPS? Uh, human, 2008? 2000, no. 2009? I thought it was 2010, but my timeline could be off. Yeah, I, think and, it, I think it was around 2009. So let's say let's yeah. say it was. That means since the advent of IPS, we've gained 5,000 publications. So yeah, that's about right. IPS is a huge, huge, huge field. But my, I think, and I said it before, you always talked about it in the beginning, my my achievement of the year or stem cell breakthrough of the year was the human uh, cloning, uh, human therapeutic cloning. Uh, how do you say his name? Dr. Metalopov? Metalopov. Metalopov. That's how Oregon I say Health. it. I have no idea. How yeah. It, well, from he's from the from the Oregon Health Science uh, Universities. Um, now remember, Joseph. He cloned the first monkey line. He did. 
He, he did. I, I mean, so they're going to, you can make, I mean, the way we make uh, transgenic mouse models, how we turn like mouse brains green or whatever, we do a lot of the, or knock out a gene, we do that with stem cells and then we're able to make from the stem cells viable, uh, we do the genetic manipulations in a dish, we screen for them in vitro in a dish, and then we make a natural animal from those stem cells. And so now that we could do that with rats and monkeys, we can make models of, you know, diseases that we couldn't do before. And having a monkey, having the first monkey line, I thought that was a big deal when he did that, what, two years ago? And now he yeah, did so that. I think it was like two years ago, yeah. Yeah, and now he's he, he achieved it. I mean, that would have been huge three years ago. I know. Four years. I mean, yeah, I know. Now, uh, the crazy thing about so for, sorry, so for everyone out there who's not really familiar, you hear cloning and it's like a weird term, you know. Yeah, uh, it's like might, drones. You when you hear drones, they're yeah, like, don't say yeah, drones, say unmanned aerial vehicle or UAV. Yeah, don't say drone. It's like, it's like the word clone or cloning bugs people out immediately. Yeah, you're they just, yeah oh you think God. of the Clone Wars, a bunch of Bobo Fett's like coming after you or something. Like, it's <laughs> if you're thinking of the cloning that people think about, is this cloning? Okay, because the the potential for that type of situation can arise. So, for example, in this there, you know, human cloning. There's, I guess, there's like therapeutic and reproductive. Therapeutic is what we're talking about in this paper that that this this group published. Reproductive cloning is 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 the re the making of you again, right? Like yeah. I make Yosef again. Yeah. Uh, but the technology that they publish could allow for that. And Yosef, I think it will happen. Trust no. me, I think it's going to happen. Um, some rich dude, some billionaires, like I want to give birth to me yeah. again. So what you do is, and this is what you do for the lines, and what they did was, and this was been the problem. You can take a, you know, you take a somatic cell, skin. Let's say skin. You take out the nuclei. The nuclei. By somatic, out, you mean like not, you know, not sexual, just like a, an adult cell or a different cell that's yeah. not like part of the germ or part of the reproduction. When you say germline, like, you mean like sperm and eggs, essentially. Exactly. Any, so yes. you take you take a you take a skin cell, right? Just a random skin cell. You go in. You take out the nuclei, which contain all the genetic material, the blueprint of, the, of that of that person. Then you get an egg, okay, from a female, from a woman, and you nucleate. Hopefully you young. That, uh, that's hope, a key detail now. <laughs> hopefully young, and you yes. take the nucleus out. So you take all the genetic material now out. So then I take the genetic material from the donor. I put it inside the egg. Um, now I have an egg with that nucleus. So with let's say Yosef's. DNA. DNA. Yes, I'm. My old DNA is in. Right. It. So now, Young then they DNA. give it this kind of a shock or this activation, and it'll turn into very early embryonic-like cells. Like yeah, the didn't they have to do it with like electricity back in the day or something? They some, actually gave it a shock. I, I forget which drug or some shock. Yeah. But so, so now you basically have a fertilized egg. Okay. And so what you could do. You can take that, put it in a dish, and grow it out. And then you'd have an embryonic stem cell line. So you have Yosef's embryonic stem cell line growing in a dish. We could make his neurons and his cells. And that's what this... We should say we still don't know what's in that egg that allows for this reprogramming to occur. Um, There's some magic mix in there that allow... And we've been doing this for years with mouse stem cells. And then we recently did it with rats. And now it's monkey and human. Human. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, and right. Right. So, so what? So, so you make the line, right? So I have Yosef cell line. But in theory, if you were to take that little fertilized egg and implant it into a, a uterus, into a woman, or you know, back into a, a live human, in theory, Yosef could be born again. No, you know what I find insane that let's take me out of the situation and say a woman can give birth to herself. Self, yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> that is wild. To but, yourself. The te- listen, but the technology is there and there are some some crazy, crazy dudes and dudettes out there, man. Yeah, there was and that he- group, the Raelians. Have you heard them? They believe that uh, aliens implanted DNA on the planet and they had like some island off of Italy's coast where they were planning on doing this actual like giving yeah they d- trust me wacko 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 they're, but they're well, called the raelians but they're like you know scientologists offshoot or whatever scientologists heavy uh, i don't know what you call them but they basically were like this is our goal their profit was like we have to do this and so there are people who want to do it they have see, funding. They, there you go 
Yeah. But think about it. If your technology or your or or the technology you're working with has those kind of capabilities, it must be a very significant, significant discovery in technology, and that's what this is. I mean, and then IPS IPS came out, and I, what IPS cells do is they offer you the endpoint same, but the route different. So yeah. they use genetic material, but they get a cell, they get an embryonic stem cell on. Yeah. With this, there's no genetic material. This comes straight. These are just cells. You're just making ES cells, you know, popping them out. No pun intended. Yeah. And um, so I think it was an, a very important discovery for the field of just re- regenerative medicine and development. I think it was a good feat. There was some controversy, though. I mean, like, you remember. What, the caffeine I don't know if you remember this, part? It, like, went through review. Yeah, when it when it went out to review, it, like, got accepted, like, the next day or something. And they, like, immediately got accepted. And then it came out, and remember they found that there were like duplications in the yes, figures. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. But and like somebody, and so they had to like look into it, and eventually they were they were found to not do anything wrong. But yeah, it was yeah. it was a bit strange stuff going down. But it was cool. They instead that electric jolt. I think they used caffeine, right? Caffeine. Yeah, that's so. what we that's what we instead of electric jolt in the morning, we use caffeine. Yeah, that's exactly. Our exactly. So so that was my um you know that was my major major piece um. The next thing is the, it was the year of the organoids. Yosef mm-hmm. uh, mentioned the mini brains. Then we had Dr. Jurgen Noblik on the show. They also did mini kidneys uh, this year. Um, and so what it looks like, you know, is this 3D cell culture is kind of going down, like becoming very, you know, big. I mean, I remember going to shows and hearing about it, but thinking it was just some sort of far-fetched thing. But nowadays, people are doing things in 3D. Um, trying to get structure, they uh, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. They 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 made the first uh, they they transplanted a wind pu- a windpipe into a two year old this year, um, um, making some sort of three D kind of structure. So three D. Didn't she die year. though uh, shortly after? Say it again. I think she may have died shortly after. So that was like it was a short lived big like I think positive. Was story. that the one this year in April? Yeah, I think she actually died later, but. Um, for a while, it helped her. Um, yeah, I mean th- those 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 diseases are so. I mean those things are so severe, you know. Yeah, it's like you the wonder, bubble boy guy who died. Yeah, it's um, so severe, you know. but but the feat of creating that little mini organ, you know, at least this is for this is a start. So this was, you know, they had the year of the organoids. The other the other major thing in stem cells that happened towards the end of the year is the ground state papers. You know, so we touched on it a little bit last time, and we still haven't done it justice. We we trying to to work with uh get some people on who really talk about it but these are the papers uh one was uh, in cell stem cell the other was in nature the first author on the one was yunshan chan and i know that the other nature was from Jakob Hanna's group you know we, they can't they couldn't make these very early human yes lines um they just couldn't they didn't resemble the true stem cell the ground state like mouse yes cells can and these two papers now say that they can they can make them. Now, uh, uh, I have a question for you. Do, you. do you think it really matters? I mean, we've done a lot without the ground state with human no, I don't, stem cells. So. Me personally, in technolo- like as a technology, I don't think it matters. People will argue differently. As, a, as like a biological feat, I think it's cool. I, I mean, I'm so used good- to the, the flat like cells that you see on our podcast logo and the ones I'm seeing – in you know the ground state look more like the mouse es which are more balled up and you know it's just uh and they're lift dependent and who knows like can you see like a lot of stem cell labs changing just to get to the the ground state i mean because for me for me the endpoint is is the derivative the differentiated cell you're trying to make and right now we're good you know so the ends not the means really i mean at the end of the day yeah exactly you know, I mean, so I think it was, like I said, a good from a developmental biological feat, but from a technology, you know, hmm. uh, I don't really, for me, I'm not switching, you know, I'm good with myself. Okay. Um, let's see here. So ground state, we will, we will get into because it is, it is a big, big topic. There was, I'm just going to go through a couple of papers that I really liked and I thought were really cool for the field. I follow, um, Alzheimer's disease research fairly closely, um, it was a really cool paper that I liked in cell stem cell in April. It was modeling Alzheimer's disease with iPS cells reveals stress phenotypes associated with intracellular A beta and differential drug responsiveness. So just again, more more like Yosef was saying with these making uh, using s- stem cells to 
able to have derivative cells that you can do in drug screens. And these were, um, um, you know, taking Alzheimer's disease, IPS, um, and they look at intracellular A-beta, which they know is accumul- accumulates in this disease, and see how that affects uh, drug responsiveness. So it's, it's going down that road, Yost, where it's going to be, you know, you can go into the doctor, they can tell you how you're going to respond, you'll respond better to drug X, not Y, and that's, that's some crazy stuff right there. Have you ever it's thought cost- of making your own IPS line? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. me too, actually. Just want to, I, I, and and like I was talking to someone about it. I think what it is is I think you can't know who it is. You can't put a name to a vial. Okay. I think that's how the rule is. So, but but you know, I'm sure at some point it'll become like a custom service. You know, you can just yeah. get it done. Yeah. Maybe we could start that business. Yeah. Sell um, your own. I mean, who wouldn't <laughs> want their own stem cell line? I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, it's it's your keep own. It frozen in the keep it frozen in the basement whenever yeah, you need it. You save it, it for a rainy day. It's your rainy day. <laughs> yeah, your rainy day stem cell fund. Um, for me next, I have um, I have the paper that Yosef was talking about. We had Justine Miller on, and Yosef's second author on the IPS modeling of the uh, late onset diseases via. For Jaron, um, for all the same reasons we talked about before, I just think it was a very important paper. I think it's a. Um, oh, uh, sorry, I stole I, your thunder there. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. It's good to mention it more than once. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I, I think it's that significant. I think it's really going to. We're really going to start to see a lot of this now, with different diseases. There was a, um, there was a paper that's very significant this year that came out of the lab of Kateri Moore and Ihor Lamishka. Um, they're down in New York City. Uh, and they, and they, the paper was induction of a hemogenic program in mouse fibroblasts. So basically, it was they took fibroblasts and turned them into hematopoietic uh, precursors, stem cell-like cells. Um, those are what we had Daylon James on um, this year. You know, so he did a good job of talking about this, um, explaining. But th- that's been a really difficult thing to to get those hem- early primitive hematopoietic precursors from. Uh, these were programming, so they were able to do that directly from Fibroblast. Nice. Um, we love we love Ehor. Yeah, Ehor is the best. Yeah. Ehor, if you're listening, uh, email me. We want to get you on the show. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, so let's see here. Um, oh, directed differentiation of human ES cells into thymic epithelial. So making the thymus is going to be important going forward with all these diseases. That was a really cool breakthrough. That was in July. Uh, that was in cell stem cell. Um, they were able to do all chemical IPS. Yos, do you remember this this year? Yes, um, that's a big deal. Actually, I'm I'm shocked. I forgot to add that. Actually, I should have. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big. It is a big deal. It was. I think it's Hong Ku Dang. I believe that's how you pronounce the first name. As a uh, Peking University, Beijing, they screened something like ten thousand molecules. I think to find. Um, chemical substitutes for the genes that they use in reprogramming. So typically uh, it's Omsk. That's how I like to think of it because it's a city in Russia or county in Russia. But Oct4, Mick, uh, let's see, Sox10. Sox2. Sox2, sorry. I got Sox10 on my mind. And KLF4. KLF4. Um, and so exactly, so they, they're trying, I think, so Oct4 has been the problem. I think people have been not able to replace Oct4. That was the with, last holdout. The first yeah. one was Rep Sox. Uh, Sox friend, too, yeah. Our friend... Um, Jay Cheetah, just. Justin Uchida was the first one to show that from Kevin Egan's lab, that you could replace Sox 2 with a Rep Sox, as they called it, replace Sox. Sort of a mnemonic of Red Sox. Yeah, uh, anybody who knows Red Kevin Sox, Egan, he's yeah, a big yeah. Red Sox fan, so that worked out nicely. And then um, they were able to replace C-Mick and KLF4 as well, and Oct4 was the only holdout. I think it's Shin Ding's lab was the guy who who did a lot with the other replacements, but um, Oct4 was sort of like the last holdout, the one that the gene that we couldn't replace. And uh, so that that was done this year, right? Yeah, so he they were able to replace that. They, they, they basically screened for molecules that would replace it, and they were finally able to replace it. And while the efficiency was low, they were able to generate IPS cells uh, from all chemicals, which is really like a home run because that's for, you know you want to get rid of those viruses and the genetic uh, introduction there. So that was an awesome, awesome feat that they accomplished. I'm sure people will start to use that nowadays because remember, doesn't for me, 
for IPS, it doesn't necessarily matter how many you're making in a dish. You just want to make a couple good ones. That's it. You just got to pick one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you could screen for it, even the, the better, right? Um, no, true. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. So I have the Japanese group that made the rudimentary human livers. I think Yoshi talked about that. Um, they were made them from IPS cells, from human IPS cells, and they were able to transport, transplant them, sorry, back into, um, into mice. Uh, what they were found was crazy. They found that they like, it actually responded. They could like restore like uh, drug processing function, things like this. So, um, it was a really, really cool, cool story. Not bad. Largest, largest organ, solid organ in the, uh, the body. It's a huge organ. It's really, it is big. Yeah, I mean, skin's like technically the largest yeah. organ, but like, in terms of like one like solid organ, that's that's a pretty big deal. So, and everybody knows the liver's like what, um, the filter. See. It's the filter for the body. Kind of. It's the filter. Yeah. So it is, man. Anything you put in, it goes through. You know, it filters it out. Yeah. Anybody uh, knows an alcoholic knows that cirrhosis yeah, of the liver. They know it. They know it, especially today on you know the first of January. I'm sure after a night of of, of being out celebrating. Um, so I just wanted to mention, you know, clinical trials going on right now with ES derived cells. Um, so ACT has one ongoing for macular degeneration. That's uh, making- advanced cell technologies. Say it again. Advanced cell technology. Yes. I hate to use uh, acronyms too much. So do I. Yes. Sorry. Advanced cell technologies. Uh, so that's moving along. They had some stuff published this year reporting no, you know, setbacks. So that's that's moving along. For There's what? also the what, what's it on? This is for macular degeneration. Oh, cells. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that. That's so. This is that's actually where they're going. You know, that's the major group That's, of clinical trials right now. The, uh, the London Project fruit. and Pfizer have one uh, starting and going. Uh, and um, there's also one in Japan that just got started this year for uh, IPS cells. Mm. Um, with They're going to start six patients, so we'll see what goes on there. And let's see here. In 2014, in the beginning, they're going to have the first uh, PD trial for IPS-derived cells. Parkinson's disease? June Takahashi out in... Uh, Japan. So for Parkinson's disease. Yep. So they're going to do cell replacement from IPS uh, cells, um, you know, IPS derived cells. Awesome. PD. So that'll start in, uh, in 2014. So um, what else? Let me see. Do I have? I didn't I mean, know that. I got to look into that. I had no idea they were doing that. Yeah, so they're starting it in. Um, uh, they, they they hope to start in the first part of 2014. Um, yeah, June Takahashi's published a bunch about. Um, making viable cells for Parkinson's for, for, for Parkinson's cell therapies. He uh, did it in, in, I think, in monkeys. A couple things. Yeah, check it out. They're going to start that pretty soon. Um, He's done a bunch of monkeys. A bunch a of transplants. Of monkeys. Yeah. So. Um, and then finally, I'll close out with this. Um, the stem cell lawsuit at, for NIH was finally over this year in 2013. Oh, that's stupid, stupid. The ones, the professors who were like, we're being discriminated against, or is that yeah, different? Yeah, so it was like Shirley oh. and Sibelius. Um, they were two scientists who studied adult stem cells. They filed a lawsuit against the government, the NIH, saying that there was some sort of, they violated a law banning federal funds for research that destroyed embryos basically got down to like semantic terms and it was like so whatever that the judge actually had to agree with them so there was a period of time remember this yos where nobody can do human embryonic stem cell research i remember like, that for we were like are we done <laughs> I, yeah, was, I, I was could i go to work today yeah. like, oh. so it was scary and then there was you know it got stayed and then there was fighting but this uh, this was in um, early in, in, in January, I mean, January 2013. Um, they appealed, they went to the Supreme Court, but the court denied it, meaning they rejected their petition and they shut it down. And stem cells are a, a legal branch of research for NIH to fund. So that's a, that's a good, uh, promising thing for the field. Yeah. On the, on the good but stupid note, yes, that's the both excellent news but it's so stupid so dumb. oh my so, gosh so dumb <laughs> so so that's what i got um and i think i think we should probably end it because we've we talked a bit i think i'm looking real i'm looking forward to 2014 i think their clinical trials are picking up 
Um, you're going to see some data. You're going to see new trials into the way in the next few years. Um, um, so I, I'm, I'm excited, Yos. I think this is going to be a good good year for science, research, and stem cell research. I'm excited. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to echo that. In uh, 2014, um, I think we're going to see a merging of the, the reprogramming, the aging, the... Um, the IPS technology, which is essentially reprogramming, but the merging of all these things together and the the gene editing, all these things are going to come together, I think, quite nicely to even more clinical trials and more more therapies. So um, stem cells are definitely coming online. 2014 is going to probably be an even better year now that we've got all the tools established. You know what I mean? Like we got the protocols Absolutely. and we've got the screening abilities and we've got the technologies and the funding starting to come back. And I think uh, we're not doing too bad. So, yeah. so the big meeting this year, the big meeting this year will be in Vancouver, 2014. I'm saying this because I just registered, uh, registrations open. So, um, I myself will be there and I'm going to try to get uh, a stem cell podcast station, uh, at the ISCR this year, so that we can pull everyone going to be there aside and give a little interview, get them on the on the show. So that'll be fun. See what we can do and start uh, uh, start the new year right, my man. So I think we should end. I want to end by saying uh, and that for everyone who grew up, I'm, I'm 32. I don't even know 30. I'm 33, <laughs> and I grew up in the era of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh yeah, I heard the news today. Oh, uh, and Uncle Phil died. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it it's, really saddened me. It, it saddened me as well. But that's that's funny that you would mention that on the stem cell podcast. Well, you know, I just feel like for me, it's yeah. You know, I just read that we're doing a roundup of the year, you yeah. know, and this is how like I'm starting my 2014. So I figured I would put it out there for everyone because I know there's a lot of people out there that watch the show and are familiar with Uncle I Phil. I just think so, it's James funny. Avery. Of, of all the people that die, we got like Mandela and like, you're like, oh, <laughs> Uncle Phil died. I got to shed a tear. I just think it's funny. <laughs> it's like, uh, it is, now that you put it next to Mandela, it is kind of funny. Uh, so, uh, on that note, that- thank you all for listening. The, uh, <laughs> Uh, it's been a great year, and uh, uh, that's um, so funny. We promise to bring you uh, some some more uh, great interviews, um, and not just us yapping about uh, various stuff. So yeah, yeah, we will. We got uh, Dr. Sally Temple's going to be joining us very soon, uh, hopefully in this month. She's a she's a she going to talk about the uh, macular degeneration at all. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna talk to us about that. She's gonna give us a little. I'm gonna ask if she'll give us a little historic, you know, stroll through stem cell research. Take you know, give us a little history lesson and Still, see from her perspective where she thinks it's going. It's very knowledgeable. Probably the scientist. only nature paper I've ever seen with just one author on it. Her. <laughs> I know it's a crazy. <laughs> I have no. What year is that? It's like ninety nine or something. Eighty nine. Sally Temple. Boom. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen that before. I just think that's hilarious. Who did the work? She, I me. did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she is a MacArthur genius, just in she case you uh, had she any. Uh, MacArthur genius. Yes. So she's um, got the sticker that says, I am a genius. I am a genius. Yes. That's no great. No disputing that, for yes. sure. So uh, that's Looking exciting. Looking forward to a good year, man. So uh, thank you, everyone. And I hope you'll stay with us for the year. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you on the other end for the next episode. All right. Take care, man. All right, man.